This is another episode of Fight Together, number 13, all about asexuality and aromanticism. I'm one of your hosts, Zach, and with me, my co-host, Shannon Strucci, with us today. How's it going, Shannon? Going great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks again for coming. Uh, Brian Newton will not be on for this episode, but we have three really amazing special guests with us. First, uh, you may remember her voice from our one for, from the One Piece podcast, Joe, um, also our Discord moderator. How's it going, Joe? Hello, it's going pretty all right. Cool. Uh, we also have um, artist. Uh, she draws a lot of stuff for us as well, including the stuff for our new RPG. Um, a lot of the icons you see on our website, and she has some amazing original character art as well on her Twitter account. We have Sai with us. How's it going, Sai? Hi, there's currently a windstorm, and you might hear some uh, concerning sounds on my end, but it should be fine. <laughs> Thank you for warning us. So if you don't hear Sai, the wind hopefully has not taken her away. Um, I knocked uh, down a power cable and taken out my internet. Oh, or that. Uh, that, that would be less inju injurious. Um, <laughs> and last but certainly not least, returning with us for Fight Together, artist, writer, cosplayer, we have Tommy with us. How's it going, Tommy? It's going great. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, anytime. Um, so this is a subject, I think, Shannon, I, I don't think I speak for myself here. We've been really excited to, to talk about. Um, and I, mm -hmm. I know all three of you, I think, uh, mentioned that you want to be on this episode as soon as we mentioned it was happening. So, um, I'm going to just go around in the order I just did and, and you could talk about your experience, um, with either, with wherever you might be on, on the asexuality, aromanticism spectrum. Joe, I'll start with you. Hi, so... I'm Joe. Uh, I identify as a demisexual bi-romantic. So, like, I think anyone and everyone is cool, but I don't really feel any kind of sexual attraction until I get to know you better. Um, I don't really know what else to say. That's fine. That's a good description. Sai, <laughs> uh, would you like to... To give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a sex repulsed asexual aromantic, which means I have zero attraction to anyone, regardless of romantic or asexual or whatever. Just no one is interesting like that to me at all. No one is interesting. At, no, that, uh, <laughs> that's a different. That's a different. Uh, uh, Tommy, what about yeah. you? <laughs> um, I'm always that person that's kind of like tweaking their labels a little bit mentally in their heads. So, um, like, I I would, like, boil it down to being arrow-ace spectrum. I would say possibly demi. I just haven't ever gotten to that point where I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely this or that. But it's, like, no no attraction really either way yet. So I would just, like, blanket that as arrow-ace. But I am definitely, like, open to more things. So that's why I put the demi level on there. Cool. Now, for I, I feel like for a lot a lot of people don't have, and this is I think one of the reasons we want to talk about it. I think One Piece has you know um, stuck out. Correct me if I'm wrong. For a lot of the a spectrum, asexual, aromantic communities, um, because of 
whether or not incidental or on purpose portrayals of, of characters that, you know, could identify as that. Um, but to you, like what, what attracted you, I'll say specifically to one piece in regards to um, your, where you are on the asexuality or a romantic spectrum. Um, Tommy, I'll start with you on that. Yeah. So when I got into one piece was probably, I guess in middle school to high school kind of age, um, which is when everyone is starting to date and there was this kind of weird disconnect. I'm like, all right, well, all these people are boring ass to me. And so I'm not really making these kind of uh, connections and obsessions that other people are making. And so I was just reading manga and hanging out with my friends. And when I got to One Piece, I got really into it because it was one of the first that I read that didn't really have any kind of romantic plot threads in it. Mm-hmm. It was just like a straightforward adventure with a bunch of friends. And for me personally, I'm like, why Why can't I have a group of friends like that? Why can't I have people where we're just kind of like have this shared goal and we're not really having these same distractions, which, you know, to a, to a teenager, you see you see these kind of relationships as distractions from goals rather than just everybody wants what they want in whatever way they do. Uh, but for me, One Piece had the the whole the whole crew aspect of it felt very similar to how I approach my relationships and the the pedestal that I put friendship on. What about you, Sai? Uh, I got into One Piece when I was like in fifth grade. Um, so that was like beyond me ever discovering that. But like over the years, it's been like the one constant where there's no real, again, no romantic plot beats in it. No, nothing big. Like there's occasionally something, but it's never really that big. And like during high school, I had like a moment of, huh, that's weird. I don't really feel the need to be attracted to someone. I, is that normal? And then I just kind of forgot about it. Um, and so like early 20s and then it's like I found out what asexual was and aromantic a, w- a little while after that. And it's like, oh, maybe that's why One Piece has always been like something I could always get into because it's like the romantic thing in a lot of other series kind of just feels after a while it, it kind of dies down or it feels like it beaten a dead horse but with one piece that was never an issue and especially with luffy who he's had people interested in him he just doesn't care and that was like such a relatable thing to me and i just I'll, i just really connect with luffy on that on that level uh, Joe, what about you? Uh, yeah, it's pretty similar to what other people say. Like, I am a, a bit of a romantic, so like, I do like stories where people have a good chemistry and potentially fall in love. Like, I really like strong couples, but a lot of series don't really do that very well. It's just like, oh yeah, these two people people get together because, uh, and. <laughs> So, and so it's nice that, like, with One Piece, they value, like, the relationship between the characters, not romantically, but, like, just overall. Like, they all have a good bond, and that's that's something I really, really like. That's, like, you can show and express deep emotions without it being necessarily romantic or sexual. Yeah, and one of the things I did want to ask, too, is, like, how has it been or however you know 
out about your asexuality you are in the in the fandom and the community do you do you feel that like reflected i know there i know the fandom is is diverse in in many ways um but is that you know do you feel do you get some of that camaraderie i guess that you're looking for um or 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 is it just you know confined to the pages of the manga um for whoever wants to answer um, I definitely see so many headcanons by people who aren't even um, Arrow or Ace for Luffy being Arrow Ace, which is very, very interesting to see. There's definitely also people who are very against that headcanon, um, but just the amount of people that kind of can pick up on that who aren't necessarily having the same experience is very interesting and validating. That's my experience. I am not. Mine too. Yeah. But it's like, it just makes, I don't. Everyone can have their preference. I can't imagine being like, no, he's not like that. When every <laughs> single interaction he has with anyone who hits on him, he's like, I'm, I'm gonna go. <laughs> you know, it's like you could not be less interested. And I, I would, I, I'm just saying, like, I have to agree. At least in my stories too, I think I prefer the camaraderie angle generally more um, than the. Uh, I'll use Naruto as an example. Everyone gets together at the end. Um, or like Harry Potter. I mean, I know or Harry Potter. Same J.K. thing. Kinda, being gross, yeah. like forget Harry Potter. But reading that as a kid, yeah. I was like, why did they all? That's weird. It feels so forced. Yeah, I mean, they feel like signed partner. Mm-hmm. I, I I mean, I've always thought of the Straw Hats. I, I know I have very different opinions than a lot of the fans, but I've always <laughs> thought of them more as family. Like shipping between the the crew feels kind of weird to me. Um, but even beyond that, Luffy um, is just such a you know, I I feel like such a great avatar for asexuality or aromanticism. Um, why why try and take that away from people? Um, I don't know. And he's like one of the most popular characters in the world, and a lot of people see him that way. And it's like we don't really get a lot of good representation for like aromantic or asexual, or they're like minor characters, or they're just kind of sometimes there, or they're they end up forced to have a relationship in some situations. Well, they're like so a robot. Nice. <laughs> so yeah. Similar with non-binary <clears throat> representation. You get aliens and robots and <laughs> question mark. Like, Yeah. yeah Go ahead. I was going to say on the, uh, on the, on the demisexual side of things, I, I think the fandom could maybe do better. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause if people don't already know, I'm a pretty big law worshiper and like, in canon, they're ace, but sometimes it's like kind of nice to read like a kind of spicy fan fiction. But there's such this like huge gap between like asexual and like what would be like hypersexual, mm. and no one knows how to meet in the middle. Like it's always like one or the other. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> Should we explain the differences like in the ace spectrum? Yeah, probably yeah, you so. know what. Please. Yeah, I was gonna, I didn't know how to quite ask that question, but I, pretend I'm the person sitting here who doesn't quite know every little wrinkle here. Whoever wants to, (laughs) not me. Should we describe our own? Sure, yeah. Cy and Tommy. Well, I'm just the pure asexual. Uh, I'm never going to be interested in anyone uh, sexually or romantically. Just I'm on the very end of that spectrum. So, 
correct me if I'm wrong, there are at least two spectrums. There's the spectrum of sexuality and romanticism. Um, and please stop me if I'm wrong, because I definitely might be. But that you could be either on one end of each of those spectrum or several or different ends of both those spectrums or in the middle of both, you know, that they're not necessarily correlated. Um, it's very yeah, you could yeah. You could be like 100% gay and romantically, but like sex repulsed ace. So you're like, I'm, you know, I want to date people of my same gender, but I don't want to sleep with them kind of thing. I want to have mm-hmm. a committed relationship, you know? So everybody kind of, there's a, people say that there are levels of, att- there's si- different levels of attraction that aren't really ever talked about because it's usually categorized into romantic or sexual. And for some people who are on the arrow a spectrum, it's kind of like, there are like things where um, I, I'm emotionally attracted to you or I am physically attracted in the sense where like you can hug and kiss and hold hands there's aesthetically attractive where you are so beautiful but i'm not into you that way so there's there's many many different kind of ways that people kind of slice their own attraction Mm -hmm. and it it can be beneficial for people who aren't arrow or ace uh to kind of look at their ways and see what how they're feeling about different people because you could have your best friend and you could be like wow i have a huge like emotional attraction to this person but they're not going to be the person i marry and to to kind of validate how you feel about someone in that way kind of uh takes away these pedestals that you might put where you shove somebody else to the side because you get into a romantic relationship and you're like kind of break away from your best friend because you think you have to like pick pick a hierarchy there if that makes any sense oh absolutely i think that's very helpful yeah just with like compulsive heterosexuality and stuff people don't even stop to think about it when like you said it would be very beneficial for a lot of people to think about it yeah i I think sorry sorry go ahead say you're good um there are different levels too like you can i'm sex repulsed asexual but some people are asexual but they love the act of it like it's just pleasure for them but they're not attracted to anyone for that like there's that and then there's demi and gray which one is you only sometimes feel an attraction uh, either way, or sometimes uh, you have to form an emotional bond first to form any sort of attraction. Yeah, and like for some people like don't understand like how you can be like ace but not sexual post. It's like you can still have like sexual urges, but it's not the person. It's just you just kind of get it, and um. Yeah, so it's not like you're attracted to the person. It's yeah, it's not a targeted feeling towards yeah. Anybody. Yeah, and I was trying to think, um, like you mentioned the different spectrums. It's like uh the act well, not actor, but the famous person Tim Gunn, he's very gay but also ace. So mm-hmm. which is kinda cool. I, 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 I mean I think example too that people are familiar with. Yeah, that's exactly. true. I am familiar with Tim Gunn. <laughs> uh, I mean I think of it almost like um Instead of like a gradient from, you know, A to Z, like the color gradients you see on like in Photoshop or something where there's like lots of different potential, you know, places you could fall. You know, it's basically like it it isn't just A to B, it's A and X and two. And, you know, there's a lot of things that go into making a person, um, particularly when it comes to their emotions, their sexuality, their sexualness, their 
you know, all of that stuff. Um, and I think we, we being, you know, whatever the, the heteronormative, whatever you want to call it, you know, the society as a whole tries to just put people in little jars when everyone kind of has their own thing going on too. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also think on the other hand, for what you all were saying, um, it's super cool and helpful to be able to kind of check in with your, you know, emotional state towards someone, your uh, mental state towards someone. And I don't think societally we do that at all. So that's a very helpful mechanism. Mm -hmm. I don't really have a question there, but I did. <laughs> I, I did want to say that that was, that was a cool concept. Shout yeah, if I you. could, if I could do an example, like, for me, like I'm in a, I've been in a committed platonic relationship for about eight years now with someone who is not Arrow and not Ace, so they definitely know the difference between all those attraction spectrums. Um, but they, they've by being with me, they've kind of been able to get more in tune with it, like like I was describing how these individual things relate to relationships and what you're priorities are and so we have a very uh you know stable relationship that is basically our you know primary thing we plan things together and all that and then everything else is kind of on the side of that so we could we could you know date other people whatever you want to say but this is like the basically the two people going forward together and kind of deciding what they want in in other ways with other people You're a cat as well. Shannon, did my, you... Uh... My cat, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> she wants We need food. at least one cat per podcast. Um, Shannon, did you have any specific uh, questions? Um, no, I'm pretty familiar with... Ace, from, like, I mean, I've been friends with Tommy for a long time, and I have a lot of other Ace friends in real life and online, too. I guess it's as it's become something that's more recognized... People feel more comfortable being open about it, um, which is really cool. And it's yeah. like I it's not my experience, but I love learning about other people's experiences and understanding it. Um, and you can use that as a mirror to look at yourself and self-reflect and everything. And I think it's like awesome instead of just being like, oh, what's wrong with someone if they're like this? It's like, why can't you just accept that not everyone is the same and that people can have a nice, fulfilling life? And like we were talking about, too, <laughs> that Luffy's life is not even remotely boring. Are, are somehow unfulfilled or somehow less than like and he's not a robot portrayed. and in any he's not sense an alien and he's not a robot i mean i love my robots and aliens and stuff That's but true. he's like a, a full you know like red but red-blooded human being you know he's very human and very emotional and very very connected with people and he loves people and people love him and he's affectionate too like i love that panel where he's like hugging jimbe when jimbe comes back but it doesn't need to be you know, and I, I, I don't know how other people feel about this, but I kind of looked at Zoro as like a romantic. I don't know if he's like asexual, but like I, I don't see like a lot of people like shipping Sanji and Zoro and that's great. And everyone can ship what they want. But I'm like, I don't see that at all. Or it's like interesting how people have different headcanons and stuff about that. Yeah, I would agree with Zoro as a arrow sort of headcanon there. I don't know what yeah. his deal is, but he's definitely he lines up with it. Yeah, he's in love with training. Like, yeah, <laughs> he just doesn't seem the type to be to care at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but like, it's oh, go on. 
Oh, I was going to say, like, one, yeah, one thing I like about Luffy, too, is, like, um, I don't really have any examples, but sometimes I, I feel like with asexual adjacent characters, they'll sometimes have this personality of, like, oh, sex? Ew. Which is, like, fine, but, like, your experience isn't everyone else's experience. And one thing that really stuck out to me is in the World Seeker game, there's a side quest where you help two characters elope, and... Like, when they explain their situation to Luffy, he's like, oh, okay, then just do it. Like, if that's what you want to do, just go do it. And I was like, yes, like, even though this boy doesn't have any, like, interest romantically or sexually in it for anyone, he recognized, like, if that's what you want to do, just go do it. And mm-hmm. I thought, like, I think that's, I, I like that about uh, Luffy. Even that's, if it's not, like, a canon thing, quote-unquote, it's, it's very cool. It's yeah, very textually... Textually, he very much understands the value of any kind of relationship that people have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just himself that he's like, nah, this isn't for me. Yeah, exactly. And it's, like, nice because, like, a lot of asexual or aromantic characters in fiction, like, some, some of the best examples are, like, Peridot from Steven Universe and Sheldon, even from The Big Bang Theory, and uh, Sherlock Holmes, a lot of people in the original books. Hi, Sophie. Uh view him as asexual but they're all those scientist characters who are like they don't understand relationships <laughs> and that's not really how it is as an asexual for an yeah. romantic it's like they can't comprehend why anyone would be in a relationship at all and it's like that's not realistic like you can think outside your own personal bubble People either equate right. it to being too cerebral or too childish, and it's like you gotta pick one. Like it can't be <laughs> both. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of people put Luffy in the childish, but he's really not. Like maybe he started out childish, but also he, it's a coming of age story. People trust <laughs> him started... with their lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. he also started off as a child. I was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so it's like, you know. And, like, a lot of the, and it's not just the Straw Hats, too, it's a lot of the relationships outside of the main characters that are just bonds. It's not always romantic. It's just these people really care about each other, like Nolan and Kalgala. Kalgala. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very rarely romantic. I mean, there's, you know, the first chapter, Romance Dawn, romance meaning that kind of, I think that camaraderie romance, even, or the romance of adventure, or... um it's like the literature romance of like yearning for something bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the you know that that romance I think is something I think sorely lacking. I think in an understanding of of asexuality and certainly of uh, interpreting a lot of literature and manga and anime and and all sorts of stuff. So I mean, like. Other than Luffy, or even in- including Luffy, you know, what what journeys in One Piece, I guess, you know, most stuck out to you as, you know, examples of like, wow, this is different when it comes to when it comes to this. Not Again, to anyway. be, I guess, not stereotypical, but predictable. Uh, there's a scene <laughs> in Punk Hazard where Monet, like, clearly is flirting with Thaw very openly. And his response is just completely deadpan, just, like, non-interested, and then just moves on and, like, just goes over that question, just, like, not even acknowledging it. And I'm just like, yeah, that that's a mood. 
Joe, did you like, had you already gone on the journey of, you know, realizing your, um, it's demisexual and yeah, I mean, did you, had you already gone on that journey before reading One Piece or is that like something that connected before? Um, Yeah, I guess I should have mentioned that. So like I got into One Piece officially in my early 20s. Um, I I tried reading it. I tried watching it before, but I always got bogged down. But I, I finally finished it in my early twenties, and I kind of figured out a lot of the stuff when I was around twenty three. Um, I kind of went through that phase of like, not being in like a real life relationship for a while. Like all my relationships were online, so it's like, what can you do anyway? Um, and I started going through that mental thing that I think a lot of asexual go- people go through, which is like, wondering if you're broken. And wondering if anyone will ever love you because you're different. Um, and so I, I had already, to answer your question, I had already gone through all of that um, when I started reading One Piece. And I guess after, you know, going through that experience, did you, I, I mean, has, has One Piece or have, I guess, the connections you have made in real life, you know, kind of, um, have you, I guess, found what you were looking for, for lack of a better term? Um, in real life or found it in One Piece? Both. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think I found what, um, what I was looking for. Um, I ended up, uh, dating one of my best friends for, um, roughly 16 years at this point. Um, so I trust very much that he's not going to leave me or think less of me, um, or anything like that. And with One Piece, yeah, it's very nice to have characters who don't respond well to flirting or politely reject advances and things like that, especially if they don't know the person. (laughs) And, And their existing bonds are so strong, so it's, it's, it's a nice thing where it's not like completely you know love is not loveless in any way there's so much love thematically throughout the the series and it's just all being channeled in different ways than romantic or sexual and like personally i love romance stories like they're one of my favorite media to consume but sometimes i just don't want romance in a story i just want pure (laughs) like non-romantic love in a story which is by the reason i like ranking of kings so much but also one piece Mm mm-hmm yeah, that's why I, I like just... both those series. <laughs> well, if I'm reading a story about a 17-year-old, the 19-year-old pirate going on adventures, why does he have to have a love interest? Like, even as someone who pursues romantic and, and sexual encounters in real, like in real life as part of my life, I with One Piece, it was a relief for it to not be shooed horned in, and it, for mm-hmm. not to be like a major focus, because it's just it's it's just like a compulsory so often. And boring. Like, there are some relationships that I like in fiction, but that is not the main reason. Or, like, uh, y'all were talking about earlier, like, in, in fan works for One Piece, either it's completely, like, completely desexualized and completely, like, none of that is in it, and it's, like, very fluffy and sweet, or it's, like, pornography. <laughs> and if, if you're trying <laughs> yeah, to find something, like, more in the middle in fan works, that can be very difficult. It's like, can I just read, like, a fun adventure story? sometimes <laughs> like there is there's a whole spectrum there as well that is often not you know delved into yeah like for my character amaryllis in my D campaign she's actually demi romantic and sexual 
she has like one of the jokes in our group is that she has like a dozen love interests but they're all formed after she forms like her an emotional bond so it's not like mm-hmm. oh and then suddenly this happened it like happens over time but it's that's never presented anywhere in a lot of stories it just feels forced yeah it's like you can I, i'm perfectly fine having like a romantic relationship happen between characters it just it feels so much better when it feels earned i guess like it's not like i um, like to bring up the example again naruto and hinata where it's like i mean i haven't read naruto but from what i remember it didn't seem like they had much chemistry and the one thing i can give kishimoto there is he set it up early but he's admitted he sucks at writing romance yeah it's like why didn't he just not you kind of you wonder yeah. if there's editorial yeah. pressure or he felt like he had to you know yeah i just don't but it's like but then you have instances like uh ed and winry where it's like they did kind of yeah. like develop yeah. feelings over time and it went kind of slow over the course of years but it's, it makes sense when they get together yeah, and like uh, Reza and Hawk, um, uh, Roy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I. For me, I, I feel like you know, I, I almost echo, I guess, kind of what Shannon said, but probably even to a more extreme that, like, I, at this point in my life, prefer, I guess, what you would call more asexual, um, literature or whatever, you know, uh, media, um, is the word that I'm looking for, um. Because, you know, it's I feel like it is one or the other end of the spectrum, like in order to like, you know, have something that's like grounded in, you know, good storytelling. I feel like often you need to it's very difficult to find something that either isn't all sex or, you know, just a little bit of it. Um, What was I going to say? I feel like it also kind of speaks to our generation of like we're kind of tired of those tropes of like the couple that hates each other it's like we want we want healthy relationships be them romantic or friendly like we just want people that care for one another and it's evident that they care for one another and we know why they care for one another i remember now that i I think for kishimoto it was almost like and look i have not read every chapter of naruto by any means but it was almost I, I feel like for that and maybe Harry Potter, it's like, oh, it's a happy ending because they all get together at the end. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's not really you're just trying to make us feel good because we like these characters. So if they're together, that makes it, you know, like it's not it, it's a very uh, forced kind of um, resolution, if you could even call it that. And yeah. Yeah. Go like ahead, I. Sorry. I loved uh, Naruto as a kid and Sasuke and Sakura were my like favorite when I was like 12 and everything in part two, the relationship is so bad. I hate it. I just don't want to think about it because it's, everything is bad about that relationship. And then he just leaves after they get married and he, like his, his daughter doesn't even know who her father is yeah. and vice that's, versa. I've not read that's the peril. <laughs> That's the perils of so many of these things where they finally make these ships canon and then you realize that there wasn't much to stand on. So as soon as the will they won't they goes away, you're like, what do they have? Do they even like each other kind of thing? It's the end of The Graduate. I mean, yeah, yeah. Exactly. for the film The Graduate, but that's literally they. It's like, oh, it's a oh no, <laughs> they just, just like, sitting sit at the back of the bus, looking at the back of the bus, and they're like, wait, 
why did we do this? Uh, yeah, what a great critique of compulsory heterosexuality. Yeah. One yeah. of the funniest parts of the, of the Naruto ending is uh, one of the one of the ships that becomes canon are two characters that we've literally never seen interact ever prior to this point until the very last page, and now they have a kid together. Didn't Bleach like, do that too? Like Bleach, to I was about to say it, it popped into my head, Joe, as we were all like, I. You know, I like happy endings, sure. You know, I don't need a happy ending in my story, but I'm not going to, like, be like, oh, no, you did this. But that's not a happy ending. That is just an ending, you know? Like, it's not... It, it's just... It, it's there to kind of, like, just make you feel feelings and not actually think through the things. And, look, I guess if that's what you're trying to accomplish, great. But I... It's just like a checklist that you crossed off. It yeah. Mean mm-hmm. And it's, it's not... It, yeah, go ahead. It's like we're still stuck in the time where all video games had to save a damsel in distress for it to like work right. as a video game. <laughs> it's perpetuating, you know, negative um, kind of ideals for like what, not just for these characters, but for like us generally. It's like we don't, to have a happy ending, we don't need to be in a committed heterosexual relationship at the end of it. Um, and I, I, you know, there is something about all of those series, and it's a lot. It is not just Bleach and Naruto, though it is also Bleach and Naruto, that, um, you know, that do that. And I that is something I really do love about One Piece is, well, it's not over yet, but I, I don't see that happening, and I hope it doesn't happen. Well, one um, of the good things about One Piece is that none of the main characters' goals have anything to do with romance, especially the women's who like a lot of shonen main character who are female tend to have like, oh, I have a crush on main character and that's my like entire character arc is I want to be with them. Mm -hmm. But One Piece is not like Robin's goal is like extraordinary. She wants to like learn history and Nami's she wants to explore the world and map it out. Like those are awesome goals and they have nothing to do with romance. And also um, I feel like all the little tiny romantic things in One Piece are always played for laughs in some way. Like you're laughing at Sanji for liking girls because it's just like, it's so distracting to him that it's like comedic. And then it, uh, Hancock being mm-hmm. so obsessed with Luffy is comedic. And then like people are always being like forced to marry in some kind of way. So it's like never like, there's never been like a, a like straightforward kind of thing with that being like yes this is a positive this is a positive kind of thing it's more like just like goofy side dressing well there, bring that up too. it's really interesting Sanji's there, a clown. yeah <laughs> i mean kairos and scarlet had a real like it was short but it was uh, like one of the more effective romances i've read in a shonen mega who did you say uh kairos and scarlet their story oh yes oh oh, yeah. oh. I was like, thinking Rebecca, was and I'm like, that was her. No, 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 I, no, no. They look the same, so it's, it's, yeah. No, you are right. That is, that is. But that was a I, good epic story. Yes. Yeah. I but think it didn't that, have to be big. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, what romances are there in One Piece? Like, like putting Capone, in Sanji Benji kind of. Chiffon. There's, there's and, a good that's one. cute. That's a very that's adorable. non-traditional. Yeah, but that's, it's more about him loving his family. It's not like. Oh, and also murdering life. people on the side. Like, look, <laughs> there's, a lot make of, a there's a lot of familial love. There's a lot of parents' mm-hmm. love yes. with yeah. backstory. Yeah. It's never like two people finally getting together in an arc. Well, there's yeah, there's uh, Kinemon and his wife. They don't have a child as far as we know. 
technically. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, yeah. Although probably by the time this episode comes out, oh, he had ten kids. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's no, like the only I'm, one I can think of. Most of them are in flashbacks, as far as I could think of. I mean, like the putting Sanji stuff is kind of a weird aside, and it's the Sundere, uh trope thing. Sixteen. Oh well, I, yeah, I forget about that. I always forget. But uh, but I mean, it, that's also something where he's very sweet to her. But I don't. Yes. Hopefully, they don't actually end up together because he's five years older, and it's like weird circumstances. I think it's it's like he was kind to her and accepted her, and that was meaningful to her, and it can stop there. That's true. It's the it's like the one time when like Oda seemed to like open the door potentially to like oh romance could happen here. There's going to be a wedding, um, a forced wedding, but wedding. Um, but it ends up not, I don't think it does go in that. And it's Sanji, the most ridiculous of characters when it comes to that. And somehow it doesn't, yeah. And somehow he finds a part of himself that, uh, we don't see when it comes to that subject area, at least. So that's, that's pretty It's also, it's like one of the only times, like, it doesn't have to be technically a romance, but it's the only time we've seen romantic feelings played in a dramatic fashion with pudding. Like her heart was genuinely broken, and I—that's yeah. one of the few times we've actually seen something like that in One Piece. I I did love how that was done at the end, um, of that arc. Um, not to spoil Whole Cake Island, but just the whole uh, <laughs> film reel thing with with the memories and. Mm-hmm. I I'm, tr- I'm just trying to like think what romantic threads have actually been in One Piece, and there are not many there are all i'll say this there are not many surviving relationships between uh two people romantically through the series it's a spouse dies a mom dies a mom dies a mom dies um, another mom die. dies you know because another one's the opposite of adventure yeah. so they all just Jeez. die so that the yeah, there's a lot of tragedy adventures. yeah because i was gonna say i was gonna say uh Od- odin and toki but they're both dead and roger roger and rouge they're both dead, they're both dead. Both dead. Oh, no, rouge oh, th- nothing romantic about being pregnant for like three years uh, like, we didn't even get to see their romance we just were told they yeah. were together yeah yeah oh um Rayleigh and uh, Sh- uh shaggy what's her name Sh- shaggy Shaki. yeah but we don't yeah, actually I- see them together but we can kind of get the feeling of that i think there was like some like side like relationship chart thing that confirmed that they're basically like there's some japanese word for it where they're like they're old people that are like that they 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 bang but they're not like in a committed relationship kind of thing yeah yeah i get the feeling from them yeah i get i actually get the feeling uh, like that those two are together in some way and like that's the only one i can think of that's currently alive and actually still together there's I've seen some subtextual stuff, and this may just be my own, like, shipping goggles, like, Smoker and Hina on, like, cover pages, yes, the way that yeah. they interact. And also, I really like Frankie and Robin, but they're, yeah. like, sort of the yeah. mom and dad kind of. Yeah. And it's it's never, like, canonical or super overt, but it's those sorts of, like, uh, tenderness with each other or teasing each other, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit more than familial, but it's not a bit. Everyone else, it's, like, very, like, desexualized ma- couples who are married for their two countries or whatever. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like, I also kind of see that with um, uh, Shanks and Makino personally. Oh as yes, well. yeah, yeah. And s- I- some people think uh, Koza and Vivi. Yeah, I used. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that, that too. Well, Vivi and Nami, depending on how you look. <laughs> Vivi yeah. and Nami Actually, would be yeah, but I'm, there's I'm that's fine also <laughs> that's also the childhood friend 
kind of thing. Like, it feels, well, maybe these are my personal biases, but just because they're childhood friends doesn't mean they have to be romantically entangled later in life. Um, just because they're, you know, I, I feel like that's possible. It's, I mean, it's. I think it's a, I don't know if a trope in storytelling, but I feel like that is a thing. Oh, boy and girl knew each other as kid, boy and girl get together no it definitely is yeah Yeah. opposite sides of the whatever the country yeah dynamics the traits romeo and juliet and alabaster but you know oda oda never never actually went there i think that's just a lot of our canon goggles it's all subtext yeah it's all subtext it's all but i think that might be that might be even like you know us taking the stuff we see in media usually and like being like oh this is this this is this thing i see all the time it has to happen yeah yeah like with Oh, go on. I was just gonna say, like with like with me, like I kind of like um, not associate with that, but like relate to that since like my I, my was friends with my boyfriend when we were like thirteen, and a lot of it is just like, well, I've known this person for so long, uh, I know them very well, I trust them. We we basically already passed all of those barriers already. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Joe. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to say your relationship was a trope. <laughs> it's just, no, it's it fine. I just wanted to add my. I just wanted yeah. to add my perspective. No. It's like mm-hmm. I can see how that would work because for me, like the idea of dating is so awkward. Like you're meeting a yeah. total stranger, and yeah. you're just supposed to like start to get to know each other. Like, wouldn't it be easier to do that with someone you already know? Yeah, that's where my dumminess comes through. I'm just like, oh, I have to look at a stranger in a I'm going to date you sense. That's just that doesn't. My brain doesn't com- compute yeah, with that. Yeah, it's so odd. I mean, that's just my, like, aromanticness. Like, when people, and, I, like, some people have flirted with me, with me over the years, and every time, like, I don't know you. I was just trying to get groceries. Uh, <laughs> bye. This is a yeah. Wendy's, kind of like, I'm not here. Yeah. <laughs> this is- yeah. I was I was uh, getting groceries and I was stopping by my car to put them away and this guy was like, "Hey, you're really pretty. Can I like will you go out with me?" I'm like, "No." And he was like, "Well, do you want to be friends?" No. And I just drove away. <laughs> I mean, he's not yeah. entitled, right? It's, it's yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> it's "No. Awesome. Go away." <laughs> it's like there are ways to compliment someone without complimenting their appearance. Like using size example, yeah. you were wearing a one-piece shirt and someone's like, "Yo, I like your one-piece shirt." Then I assume it'd be more normal to be like, oh, hey, thanks. <laughs> then I go up it. to them, marry me. Uh, no, no. no. <laughs> too much, too much? Okay. All right. No. That's Sanji behavior. That is yeah. Sanji behavior. <laughs> if I were, like, I like Sanji as a character personally. He's, like, once when he's not being stupid, he's one of my favorite straw hats. But if I were physically around him, I could not stand him because. No, yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest here. How many people would be able to take that kind of just harassment on our like <laughs> constant basis, constantly? No one could, no one should, and no one can do that. Um, so yeah. I I was also gonna ask like, where has if if it has, where has One Piece kind of let you down in the asexuality and or a romantic? department if it has the only thing that i could the only thing i could really say is i know some people get very sensitive about um like like i said before childish characters being uh headcanoned as ace or arrow um but uh, yeah like i said before uh luffy even though he might have some of those traits he's always been uh portrayed as someone who is competent and you i mean you know chaotic competent in that way where people will trust him 
with their lives, even though he sometimes makes decisions that are just kind of strange to them. They're mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I, I trust him, so we'll help him out kind of thing. But I, I've never, for me personally, I don't take Luffy's sort of childlike wonder as a bad ace trope. Like, he, he's very much like Roger in that. And Roger clearly was not asexual, um, at least as far as we know. And, you know, he was chaotic, he was fun, he had adventures, and he was just like Luffy. Everyone compares him to Luffy. And Luffy is still 19. He's he's still, you know, growing up, technically. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, personally, going off of that, I can't think of any way One Piece has, like, disappointed me with it, because Oda's never officially stated, technically, that any character is asexual or gay or bi or whatever, because he just doesn't get into that. So it's hard to be disappointed with something when one romance is not a big part of the series anyway. So you don't have any expectations. It's all, like, personal, like, headcanon onto the characters based off of their interactions. Yeah, and no one's ever really looked in the camera and said something particularly shitty. (laughs) So... Yeah, it's 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 a safer space that way. Yeah, this is not like I, our episodes on like gender or transness where we had a lot of examples, which is yeah. good. There yeah, were there a was lot a lot of characters big looking into the I, ca- Sanji looking into the camera. <laughs> I like Sanji a lot too. I'm being mean about Sanji, Sanji this episode. I like Sanji's too, a disaster. We love him. Yeah, he is a disaster. He's fun. He's yeah, he's a disaster. Like, like there's um, plenty of characters in One Piece you can head canon as gay by ace. Like I think Nami is totally gay, but I think Law is ace. Like, yes. like things like that. Like you can it's not, not just Luffy who can be asexual in one piece or romantic in one piece. It's a bunch of characters. It's just he's the most prominent because he's the main character. Well, I, I mean I also want to ask, I know I know we can't get an Oda's head, but I feel like how much do you think of it is, is do you think it's like Oda being like Luffy can't have romantic interests because he is a shonen jump protagonist versus a you know this is this is Luffy. He doesn't have this, and you know, I don't I don't know if Oda really has the terms um, to describe you know asexuality or aromanticism. But do you think that that's a conscious choice Oda is making because he's a Shonen Jump protagonist or because it's Luffy? Uh, for me, I think that he definitely textually writes Luffy as someone who values his crew and values the kind of camaraderie even when it's coming from you know people who used to be enemies um he knows how to kind of change people by showing them affection and uh all that kind of stuff so i think for him for luffy to have a romantic kind of thing would be out of character just because he's he values his uh platonic relationships so much then he'll die for them so that's that's my take on it is that his that's his that's the top of his hierarchy is the friendships mm-hmm. yeah i have to agree there um but i think part of it is that a lot of uh, the opp goes to japan documentary a lot of people who knew oda said that luffy acts just like oda did at that age and i think a lot of it is yeah. uh, oda maybe like channeling his himself at that age into Luffy and at that age maybe he just had no interest or that wasn't the top of his priority or something but I think that might be part of it yeah I could Joe go ahead one thing one thing that came to my mind is like thinking of what his inspirations were and one that came to mind was like Goku who has has a very one-track mind 
I wouldn't say that Luffy's as simple as Goku, though, but, like, definitely, like, if you go through Dragon Ball, Goku doesn't know what romance is. Like, literally tells Chi-Chi, I thought marriage was a food. Um, and so maybe that was just, like, an older shonen thing where it's like, oh, well, this is for little boys, and the little boys think girls are icky, so there's no romance. And romance is a shoujo thing. And yet Sanji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just, uh, like, Luffy's character, whether, like, I think he knows what, like, sex is and what marriage yeah. is i don't yeah. think it's necessarily a night the way goku is like i don't know what that like yeah never no. seen a naked person ever or hancock who literally did not know what any of those the, you know what was a love <laughs> yeah, story yeah like, to be uh, fair, that's said. she's on an island where she's cut off from yeah but she yeah. had multiple reasons but yeah like um, one of the more validating scenes in One Piece is right after the time skip when Luffy is like collecting his hat and he's like, "Sorry, yeah, Hancock, I know you like me. No, I won't marry you. Bye. Oh, yeah. Still like yeah. you as a friend." Yeah, yeah, like I. That's the thing. People like like to think that Luffy just doesn't know. I think he. Per, I personally think he fully knows like what sex and marriage and all that is. He like y'all said he just doesn't want it, which is yeah. even more validating. It's not just he's. It's not just that he's stupid or something. It's that he knows, but knows he doesn't want it. Well, Can you imagine sounds... Garp teaching him about oh, all that? No. Garp did, <laughs> Garp did, teach, him, Garp did teach him anything. He threw him into a forest. Like... I'll, I'll be honest. My, my headcanon is that Sabo taught him because Sabo is th- was the educated one of the, of the three. That's because true. Little I... diagrams yeah. Whatever. Well, then what about Ace in this? Because <laughs> side could attest we were having a similar Ace conversation him, last night. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think in the age... Like... This this part kind of annoys me when when we were thinking of like things that disappoint you. The only thing I can think of is like I think in the second Ace novel he like flirts with a girl or something or like he makes some weird comment towards a woman. I'm like, what the hell? This isn't Ace. Like Ace never says anything rude to women. Like this is gross. What happened? It's very weird and out of character. Yeah. I was gonna say this the story. Even, you know, what Luffy said to Hancock right after the uh, time skip sounds a lot like the story. I think, like, parts of all of your stories, you know, about finding your asexuality, it's the, that is not what I am looking for. And for Luffy, what he's looking for, he says at the end of every episode of the of the show, you know, he's looking for a that grand, um, you know, literary romantic adventure. Um, and there definitely is something super refreshing about that. Um yeah. One Piece has kind of spoiled me because now, like, I desperately crave stories with that same literary romance to it, but there's, like, nothing. Well, I think Sai, uh, either, I forget who mentioned it, but, like, the idea of finding found family as, like, that is, you know, that's the goal. And and you get that pretty early on and right away and often in, in One Piece. Like, the fact that the community, I think, generally... People are more excited for who's going to be the next crewmate than who's going to get together with who. Um, speaks very highly of um, generally that you know thrust of the of the story. Um, yeah, definitely. Like that. That is one thing I do like about like the shipping fandom is like generally there are exceptions, but generally people are pretty chill about any ship because they know that pretty much no ship is going to happen canonically so it's just like eh, just do whatever you want no one cares 
which is totally opposite of when fairy tale was happening when the author would tease every ship and people would get into like huge fights about what would be canon or like avatar the last airbender yeah like as soon as you introduce a little bit of canon like romance into this into a series people will like dive bomb yeah. for that like a shark at blood and that's all they care about after that yeah exactly well i that's that's what I personally like about One Piece is that there's none of there's no blood in the water there really at all. <laughs> yeah, and he manages to do that with so much chemistry between the characters too. So we mm-hmm. understand why all these characters like each other. It's just not like shipping wars about it mm-hmm. or hate each other. Lots yeah, of people in One Piece hate each other. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, none of the crew hates each other. They're not. I mean, even Sanji's ridiculousness, he's not really mad at anyone, you know, probably. But even, like, Doflamingo and, like, Crocodiles, for example, people love that ship, but there's, like, a that's because there's a lot of chemistry on the page when they're there, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, romantic or To be be fair, there was that very, very, very sexual... uh, There was, but uh, I'm just talking about in the story right now. Yeah. I was like, I never saw that that's, ship. That's like, I was like, that's weird. And then I saw that drawing. I was like, well, I guess Oda does. Yeah, I guess Oda <laughs> I don't really see it, but I think he does. I thought it's Oda mostly Marine Food. Yeah, it's I, mostly I, Marine Food. There, is that one draw? Do y'all know the one we're talking about? Where yes. it's like this one yeah. because arm is around yeah. the crocodiles. That, yeah, they're the little fashion thing. And I was like, <laughs> wow, there is a lot going on here. With the, My friend was, was a, like super. A tongue ring or something? Yeah, I think, yeah. I think Doflamingo has a tongue ring. Yeah. <laughs> I know about that because my friend was really into it when I was like 15. So that was like one of the big ships I knew about. But it's not like I was interested in it, but I loved hearing my friend just go off and have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that I, you know, uh, good for people like being interested in something and finding something that they like in it. Whenever I say I don't see that, I hope people never interpret no, that. No, yeah, interpret yeah. it that way. Yeah, especially yeah. like with Zoro and Sanji, I was like, I just that's such a popular ship, and I wish that I liked it more. Because there's no, so I love much weird ships. for it. Yeah, I, like I said, I like Frankie and Robin, which there's like very, <laughs> it's not a popular thing, you know. Um, but whether or not I see the chemistry, I'm happy for people. Whether it's projecting or like I said, once I saw that drawing, I was like, dang, that's very. Like, yeah. that's a loaded drawing. Oh, that is a loaded drawing. <laughs> also, like, how often in Shonen manga do you get to ship two 40-year-olds? Right? Yes. <laughs> that's a good point. Yes. <laughs> I've been, like, yeah. coming, uh, I grew up reading a lot of Shonen, and um, right now, like, I really like Golden Kamoi, and I really yeah. like Lupin the Third. And Golden oh, yeah. Kamoi is just, like, very, very, like, most of the cast is pretty explicitly gay or has something going on sexually, <laughs> like, whatever it is. And there's like a scene where all the men are wrestling. That's very obviously like a like a coded gay sex scene with like all of the main cast. <laughs> well, and then with Lupin stuff, it's more subtextual. <laughs> but I, I, those are more like non-traditional relationships. Not only just men and women, but it's more like a weird, not like polyamorous, but sort of I guess how attraction can exist in real life. Like some people aren't interested, or some people are more into each other, or whatever. And I think I've been drawn more towards media like that versus. I wanted to read My Hero Academia, and I think I would like it, but I don't know if I can handle, like, a pervert 14-year-old in my 30s. No. Like, yeah. honestly, I, and again, I, I think I would really enjoy it. I think I would enjoy reading the series. Like, when I was 12 reading that, it's one thing, but I'm like, this is just, like, or, like, um, I'm not judging people who like Shonen series that has, like, a lot of fan service of underage girls. I, I think it's just part of, you just kind of put up with it. 
but I'm like, oh, I would much rather just read something that has like adults. Yeah, that's yeah, why I'm I joke now. That's yeah. why I joke that like uh, Mineta like just absorbs all the badness so every other character can be good. Like he's <laughs> he's the one bad one. Just everyone yeah. else is good because he's bad. Yeah. Joe's right. Joe's right. Um, and I, that's also another thing I love about One Piece. Most of the characters, like unlike a lot of shonen series, aren't like twelve or fifteen. They're all like yes. nineteen and up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm Momonosuke, who was the one shitty uh, 12-year-old or, or 8-year-old or whatever he hey, was. Yeah. That's still weird. Well, uh, he learned from his dad. <laughs> he, he at least has a reason. That's true. It's yeah, not a good he, reason. But now he's, now, now he's at least 19 with the well, 8-year-old's he's brain. He's 28. Yeah, or 28, well, he, No, he had, he had two dads, actually. Kinemon was also perverted, so Odin yeah. and Kinemon. That my my two awful dads. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, mom and oh, those was screwed. I guess. Yeah, you're right. You got a dead mom and two weird dads. What is the a dead time traveling mom, and two. There's there's a lot going. She's 800 years old. There's there's a lot going on. It's a great sitcom. I know. He had a lot going on, and we're only just now unpacking that. <laughs> We didn't really yeah, realize like, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> but Oda can be, you know, he draws female bodies very samey and there's a lot of fan yes. service. But I did, like, just yes. again, like being in my 30s, it is not like, even if Nami or Robin are in a suggestive outfit, he's gotten a lot better about not putting them like in peril with it. And they're adults. It's fine. That's how they want to. Ex- it makes sense for their character, right? Yeah. Uh, right. Not again, not seeing like upskirt shots of a 12, of like a 13, 14 year old. And I'm like, what? Yeah. I don't want my, this. My food came <laughs> up. Yeah, a <laughs> I appreciate that Oda never draws like upskirt shots. Yeah, yeah, that too. That kind of stuff. It's like, but then sometimes like Shirahoshi's like sixteen, right? And yeah, I'm yeah. just like projecting my own cultural, you know, no. standards. I, I, I think the worst is uh, Rebecca. Yeah, uh, yeah, she's sixteen. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know she was that young. The yeah, thing she's is, 16. he could have just said not, you know, could have just not been sixteen. Like, like tw- they could be twenty. They look twenty. Well, that's the thing. No one in the series looks like the age they are. Wapple's 28 or 29. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, Zoro looks 40 now. With Rebecca, Rebecca, the one, like, line you can say that might explain it is Doflamingo's a sick bastard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but then, like, after the whole tournament, you could have, like, put her in something else. Like, hey, wear this. So, you you know, because I get he's trying to go for, like, the slave Leia thing, but... If you're yeah. trying to put her in embarrassing armor, just put her in some like rags. You don't even need to make it like titty armor. Yeah, that's weird. I also don't. I understand. mean, I'm glad it took. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm glad on. it took Oda like what 700 chapters to get to titty armor. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Nami early on? How different everything was. Yeah, like well, I, Oda's I, not the worst about it. I initially liked the idea of like I think it was in Skypea where she mentioned she's like, man, I'm going in and saving devil fruit users so much i might as well not even wear a shirt anymore because i keep getting it wet so i'll just wear a swimsuit from now on and it's like hey that makes sense you know you you tend to be the one to save them or so, zoro. Sure. yeah or zoro sanji yeah well it's like a lot of men w- wear like open like it's a joke that yeah. smoker yeah. always has to keep his jacket i think Oda's also good about that about like showing off male bodies maybe not yeah. the exact same way but like zoro's always got his shirt open like there's everyone's dressed of- for poolside yeah, yes. they are it's hot out yeah. and they're on an adventure you know Luffy even too, even in, I, you, he never even in the snow Luffy. even in the like, snow yeah. it doesn't frankie, matter what, god how, do, how can we not mention frankie, frankie it doesn't matter yeah. what gender the characters are someone will be able to thirst over them because they're all hot for the most part 
but and th- half naked. But I think that's like the good compromise is that, it, it, you know, from my vantage point, you know, there's not going to be a lot of romance happening in the series. But, you know, as we discussed, it's fine if you do believe it. And in fact, I think the fact that there isn't a lot of telegraph stuff or blood in the water or whatever you want to call it um, <laughs> makes, I, I think, really opens the possibility to get creative as a fan. Um, you know, they you, you could there are thousands, literally thousands of characters. Every single one has a fan in some in in different ways, on, depending on what end of what spectrum they're on. But um, even the little fly in a full body suit uh, soup, you know, got like what a hundred in the character poll. Um, <laughs> he started off Sanji's arc. He, he he's an important character. People are thirsting after. People are thirsting after that fly in the soup and then drinking the fly in the soup. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. I, yeah, it is gross. It is, it is gross. I'm kicking true. you off your own podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> Eating a fly. That's where that's the line. Um, I mean, that's just B-moving. <laughs> I am. I'm happy to say I have not yet seen Jerry Seinfeld's best uh, comedic effort uh, yet. Um, Zach, I, I want you to know my my little cousins love to be movie so much they insisted their parents watch it every single day for like <laughs> several months, and I hope that doesn't happen with you. <laughs> Why would they do that? Why would they? They love they loved B movie and Frozen, and that's all they watched for months. I have to make sure that my son only watches really good. <laughs> this is never going to happen. Really good, good cinema, just like the best animation only. Only Lupin movies. Oh <laughs> no, your child will be oh, no. a wreck. That is a terrible idea. No, I'm not. I, I, just... want, I like Totoro as a kid. That no, yeah, Totoro movie. is a very good kid's movie. I looked movie. out. Yeah. yeah. We had the Fox VHS dub in like the early 90s. I feel like it was not something a lot of people in America had seen at that point. But Totoro Only VHS for my son. Speaking um, of, Ghibli movies have really good uh, character relationships and romances in them. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yes. Say, uh... I, yeah. That's... Like they're well written. Yes, they are. That's, it's one of the things that Miyazaki like specifically said that like he doesn't like just romance relationships. He wants it to be like a, a woman or a young girl's coming of age and maybe romance happens. I think he also said like it's he wants he thinks it's fine for girls to have like a friend. So that's why a lot of the like male female relationships in Ghibli films are very much like friends or like a close bond like a partner kind of thing yeah, yeah like, a little ambiguous yeah and or if like in like spirited away i think is the most recent one i've seen um again but you know that one is kids who are friends and you could imagine that you know oh, they'll love each other someday but you don't have to it doesn't you know have to be a major plot point in it well, to, in, that, in that one it's like one's a spirit and he saves and her he's life also once a and so she, yeah. so she feels gratitude towards that yeah uh, that you know that'll do it <laughs> and there's um castle in the sky is one of my favorites and it's not it's not really a romance but you can Im- imply it as a romance if you really wanted to or mm-hmm. i think whisper of the heart is one of the more obvious romances but that movie isn't even about the romance it's like about the main character struggling with like her self-worth and her writing journey and all that and plus, like, they kind of come together and they encourage each other with their own creative outlets, like him uh, crafting violins and her writing, and they help inspire each other to get better. 
Yeah, and he's like not even in half of the movie because like they're barely there, but it's such a nice romance for what it is. Um, so I mean, I, since we're kind of, I only have a couple more questions, but um, since we're talking about it, people might also be wondering like separating your you know enjoy i i mean i'm able to separate it because i kind of feel the opposite way i think but you know separate um enjoying literature for or enjoying media for its romance versus in real life maybe i i, I guess it's more to sigh you know um sorry i'm gonna put you in the spot <laughs> but um you know how how would you explain that to to someone who you know just doesn't you know, who hasn't so, had any familiarity familiarity with it, with asexuality. It's, it's uh, a little hard to explain, but to just, I guess, be blunt about it, like, I'm sexual pulse, asexual, all that. Sex to me is just a huge joke. It doesn't really exist to me or a lot of my asexual friends who are similar to me. Like, that is doesn't feel real to me. So seeing it in a fantasy sense, it's very easy to just like get into the fantasy because it doesn't even feel real to me. So like the, the romance, it's fun because it's fantasy. It's not real. It's not happening to me. Um, it's happening to these characters and I like these characters and I have to see their bonds grow in whatever way they will in the story. So it's, it's not real. So it's easy for me to get lost into the fantasy of it. If it's real, then I want nothing to do with it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and speaking as a writer, I mean, I'm so interested in all different types of people. I want to explore all different personalities. And so I do write romance and I do write some that, you know, kind of lean a little more sexual. It never gets explicit in my own text because it's not part of my experience. So I don't really want to write about it. But uh, like, I think, like you were saying, it's, it's so removed from yourself that when you're kind of seeing it through another person it's it's not as weird i guess yeah you would say like it's it makes sense for the if it makes sense for the character then it's not like uh you know but if it doesn't make sense for the character it can feel very shooed in and uh compulsory yeah i think think that's something anyone can relate to i mean it's like think of how like 50 shades was super popular back then it's like i'm pretty sure 90 percent of the people reading that wouldn't want to experience that but they liked the story for whatever reason. Yeah. And like I said, my uh, main D&D character, she has like four canon love interests right now and not even getting to into side love interests. Like it's it's a big joke to our group, but like some of them are really cute. Some of them are more sexual. Some of it is more intellectual. And she is more of a uh, demi-romantic and demisexual character. And she's a character that I love to play and see those different relationships work out. And it's just, it's fun because it's, it's a fantasy. It, it's, it doesn't have to always be like real or like dramatic or like based in reality. It, it's just fun. You can have fun and enjoy media without viewing yourself in it in those situations. Yeah, as long as the text never says, like, oh, people who don't do this are bad. You know, people who aren't in relationships are bad or whatever. Because you can get into some, like, romance novels that you read, and it's like, oh, poor, poor person isn't in a relationship. It's like, eh, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm not into that. Mm. Like, one of the honestly best romance stories that, like, that I love is Beauty and the Beast. Because the romance doesn't happen until they form 
a relationship and they understand each other, even though people make fun of it, like, yeah, it's Stockholm Syndrome. It's really not. But like that movie, like uh, got nominated for a best what, movie Oscar or something the year it came out, despite being an animated film, because it portrayed a romance really, really, really well. And it was over time and it wasn't like a three day Disney romance. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a Disney movie. It was a Disney movie, but we see, we clearly <laughs> see yet. the season yeah. passing. <laughs> well, that brings up a really good point, because I think a lot of Ace, pe- Ace and Arrow people can project onto the more monstrous characters, and then you see these things where people like slowly build understanding together. It's like, oh, I misjudged you kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So people like uh, anyone who's into demi-relationships can kind of relate to that of like somebody understanding you and then becoming more attracted to you. Yeah. Yeah, I want, and I wanted to say too, or go fast. Oh, Shannon. Um, so it's really interesting that you have like D and D characters that are more interested in those relationships than you are, because I'm the opposite. And in a lot yeah. of like queer spaces or like the more progressive tabletop spaces, like people love flirting and they love uh being more overtly sexual. And that's my one like you do safety tools before games. And one of my big ones is like, can you please not flirt with my character? Because my fantasy is to just not have to worry about that or, or like engage with that with people. <laughs> Even as someone who does like dating, um, it's just like, it's everyone's different comfort level and what they want to like explore in that. But it's like interesting that we're kind of the opposite. Cause I'm like, please, can I have two hours where none of these people are going to try to flirt with me or trying to do anything, especially doing streams. And sometimes I'll say that and people will still forget. Uh, so everyone has their own, you know, like comfort level or what they want to approach. And that was also part of, even as a teenager, part of why I liked One Piece so much is because I'm not a real race, but sometimes it's like, can I just have a space where this is not a part of it and, and still have fun and and like explore these things. Or like I said, a lot of, uh, when I'm reading fan fiction and stuff, I really like teen rated like adventure or mystery stories a lot of the time. And it's not, there's not always as big of a market for that. Yeah, people don't understand that you don't have to be Arrow or Ace to have boundaries about that kind of stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's not, you don't have to pathologic, pathologize like, like that at all. Mm-hmm. Or, or fit into the specific categories that I don't think are for me. Um, yeah. Like I said, I think, especially, I don't know what it's like, obviously, to be Ace in, like, queer spaces, but sometimes people are so flirty and hypersexualize everything, and it's exhausting. <laughs> and yeah. I can't, you know, yeah. it's like, it's very... Uh, yeah. Uh, weird and annoying and again so one piece fandom and then like interacting with other people who are fans and looking at the characters i mean people like shipping but if you say oh, i don't really see luffy as being with anyone that's pretty normal you know yeah i was Wait. gonna mention oh, um i was gonna bounce off something that shannon said about like how in a lot of queer spaces people are like hypersexual and that's something we haven't really brought up yet is how like a lot of queer people are kind of ace phobic where the idea oh, is like, yes. uh, they're like, oh, well, they they want to flaunt their sexuality because it, they've been told it's bad for so long, which is understandable. But then the idea that you don't want to do that is like so alien to them. And they're like, it, it's so bizarre how mean some people can be about that at times. Yeah. Yes. Like in my D&D group, that wouldn't be a problem because most of us are ace anyway, or at least on that sort of spectrum. So that would never an issue but like outside of it it's like again the compulsive heteronormity or sexuality or people have to have sex for this to be a thing or whatever it's it's tiring and that's I guess that's kind of why I enjoy it in my D&D because I'm in the one in control here mm-hmm. I control the relationships it's not like 
compulsive or necessary. It's, oh, this would be really interesting to see this character or these two have had an interesting experience together. Maybe that could be a thing. I think I think uh, in queer spaces, especially people get a little weird about ace people because they they kind of project it as an insecurity. So, oh, you're in a queer space, you're queer, but you don't want to do this. You must have like some like internalized homophobia or transphobia about yourself because a lot of people did experience that where they were kind of like keeping themselves away from relationships because they didn't like something about themselves. And so I think a lot of that is projection and people just have to understand that your your experience is not universal. Mm-hmm. People are just built different. Mind your business. That's the way I look at it too. It's like don't yeah. be so exclusionary. Again, even if it's not my experience, I, I'm not trying to like keep people out or get mad or act like people are prudes if they're not, if it, like everyone doesn't have to have the same comfort level and we yeah. can still have solidarity and be a part of the same community. Like the one experience being uh, ace that I constantly remember is being um, at uh, college a few years ago. And this one guy in our group had a very obvious crush on me, but he was um, something about him. Like he was very weird about it. And he would like touch my hair when I didn't want him to. Yeah, it was, mm. it was weird. He would stare at me. And I don't think he was like, I, I think he had um, something just mentally with him I wouldn't be able to say what but something um and it was very uncomfortable but at the very last day of college of that class I walked out um and one of the uh, guys who was nice to me during that whole class he was a nice dude uh, he asked me out and I re- didn't even realize he had a crush on me and I was either way I was very uncomfortable both times doesn't matter if you're being creepy or you're being nice about it I'm asexual. I'm aromantic. I don't want this kind of attention. And whatever, it's like you're allowed to establish your boundaries wherever you want to have them. Yes. And people can get very strange about that. Yeah, he was he was nice about it at least, but it's like it's very doesn't matter which one you you are. No. Yeah, and like I'm I might be kind of weird on this, but like one thing that I've done in the past is like I find crushes very distracting. Like I find it hard to focus on anything else, and so sometimes I'll just like tell the person I like them anyway just to get it out of the way even if I don't want anything to happen between us I'm just like I need this to get off my mind please reject me so I can move on in my life <laughs> mm-hmm. and I'm kind of similar like if I find a ship I really like in fiction I will hyper focus on that and it, again it's very funny because that's no romance in my life please if it's fictional my brain will hyper focus on that like nothing else um <laughs> So I I guess, you know, kind of on that note, are there any, is there anything either in the series or in the fandom you, you know, hope to see in the future, either like, uh, you know, more, you know, people being more tolerant or understanding of what asexuality is, um, or aromanticism is, um, or something, or, you know, I guess we talked about what we don't want to happen at the end of the series Um, when it comes to Luffy, I think has been kind of the poster child today or Zoro. They're both poster children. Um, But like generally, is there, is there anything you all hope to see or not to see in, in the story or in the fandom? My dream would be, oh, go on. Sorry. Oh no, go ahead. My, my dream would be just canon ace era Luffy that just confirmed it just says in an Oda box at the bottom. 
<laughs> yeah, like there there was um uh Soul Eater uh was character Krona. Um years later the author came out and said, Yeah, this person is was it agender or um as transgender along those lines and it when the series was going on they didn't know those terms or they weren't very popular or known in japan but when they were reprinting it uh, they gave the character they them pronouns because uh, now the author knows and confirmed yeah this character is this i just didn't know it at the time how to express it that would be cool if Oda answers questions about characters' penises and like all these weird different things. I think if someone could find a way to just straight up ask him, yeah, why don't we just send know, in he, an SBS? Like be, yeah, can yeah. someone just who speaks Japanese send an SBS for us? I mean, there's <laughs> been Maddie on there. <laughs> yeah, we should get Maddie to. We'll we'll send it to Maddie, and Maddie will send it over. Um, yeah, I mean, they've confirmed some really crappy stuff in the. I, I was gonna say like the only two overtly like romantic relationships i think that you know happened was the <laughs> were the the do flamenco uh crocodile thing we were talking about and um the sbs with violet and do flamingo do flamingo is the only one Wait, that's do, a doing weird anything. one that i yeah. did not like that that, like that was that a one. stockholm syndrome kind of yeah. yeah that's the mm. the bad beauty yeah. and the beast <laughs> one i was going to bring up that you know, the moment kind of passed was like a sigh in Baby Five, which isn't the greatest, but no, yeah, it's not the worst either. It's not like great. it's uh, I, with that one. It's weird because I'm happy Baby Five found someone who like genuinely wanted to help her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, but, but then as again, a romance, it's a little weird. <laughs> yeah, but shouldn't like anyone with like half a heart, you know, like be you know like that doesn't necessarily mean romance i think that's like a well they got married no they did get, you're you're right i guess i guess i guess it turned into something better oh but, and I, I guess we also uh, forgot the two most important couple or the most important couple was the those two baroque works people who got married and had a kid oh yeah they're actually really good from what we've oh, seen oh yeah yeah mr nine and ms wednesday is that no was monday wednesday, wednesday, wednesday. Was, VV. was vv wednesday yeah, was, was vv oh congratulations yeah, vv <laughs> I totally forgot about <laughs> they're that. They're cute. They have their weird No, that is, that is a cute like, couple. That's adorable. Once these couples pass so quickly, it's like, what? They existed? <laughs> that was a cover story, right? They revealed that. Yeah. yeah that I like. That, that's a good, that is a good, <laughs> and that's, uh, and that's and the guess... romance story in One Piece. It's the only one you're getting. It's going to be Mr. Oh, Nine and Ms. Monday. There, there is Makino's baby, but we can go off on a tangent on that. And, uh, I think uh, Kareha has a wedding ring on that's never explained. Ooh. I, well, it, I, I feel like Dr. Kareha would just be someone to really enjoy jewelry on as many fingers as possible. I feel like that doesn't necessarily mean it. Is that her only ring? I think so. Now I have to look up. Because I, I remember looking that up one time. I was like, wait, is that a, on her wedding ring? Like, it, it doesn't even have to mean anything. It's just like, could that mean anything? She's like 140 years old. By the way, now when you search Dr. Correa, pictures of Jamie Lee Curtis come up on Google. <laughs> yes. um, uh, yeah. Or it's like a uh, big mom. I, I would not categorize as asexual, but I could certainly oh, no. see her as a romantic. 
Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Completely disinterested in <laughs> hey, like, romance with anyone. She's a little like, sociopathic like... sometimes. So it, it's not maybe not the best it. representation. Zoro's probably better there, but just as a character who obviously has had sexual relationships with a lot of men. She does have a wedding ring. Or, I mean, she has a ring on that finger. That's interesting. I would count, uh, like, a few other characters as aromantic. And against, like, headcanon territory, like, maybe Eneru or Luchi. I can't imagine Luchi in a romantic relationship or sexual relationship with anyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just, like, those things. Luchi's just doing his job. Murdering people. This is not about, like, uh, headcanons, but... Um, one thing I always noticed, like, uh, Miss Valentine's Day is one of my favorite characters. I just think she's hilarious. Um, I like how her power is about the ups and downs of love, which is not really, like, oh, an yeah. attraction-based thing. It's just, like, basically any relationship that you're in can have the ups and downs that are uh, represented there. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, you know, I never realized that. Oh, I remember one more couple that was not good. Um... Mr. Pink and his wife who died. Oh, I'm a Mr. Pink hater. Senior I, Pink I, hater. Oh, Senior <laughs> Pink. I was thinking Senior Reservoir Pink. Dogs. I don't I was, know why. It took me a second. I got, I got it. That, yeah. No, I I'm a Senior Pink. Whole, I'm a oh, Senior Frankie Pink hater. Frankie being like, you're, I don't want to kiss you. You're ugly or whatever. Weird. Oh, that that is I, the I, I block worst out chapter in... I think we I, yeah on the yeah on the podcast we said that was the worst chapter of the series and I stick I stand by that. That is not a good... I don't like that. Um, a, a good Frankie line is when he rejects Loda and he's like, I'm just too super for you. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, so much better. That's her own romance. Yeah. She, yeah, she got uh, her own little romance with one of the <laughs> fire tank pirates. Oh, yeah. She, yeah. Oh, with uh, Vito in the cover story. That was great, too. The yeah, yeah. The, the whole family's together now, I guess. In the, on I, that thought, I thought of another group. good uh, a good dead couple is Lost Parents. They're both doctors, and they're very sweet, and they're dead. <laughs> they were very <laughs> but we know nice. nothing. But do we know anything about them other than they're that? They're doctors. Oh, they were doctors. Weren't they, like, working to try and cure one? Or... Yeah, like, they were... Yeah. They were oh, the lead I mean, disease. That's the thing. They're, they're like, colleagues, and... Yeah. And... So it's like they're like evil footing, basically. It's not like, oh, wife's at home cooking dinner all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Shannon, do you have any questions? Anyone? Any other points? Uh, you I think wanna... I'm good. This is a really fun discussion. Really oh, can I say one more thing? Please, Tommy. Um. So I, this just came back to me. Another reason why I think the the whole crew aspect. Uh, speaks to people like me is the idea that the um the, the interpersonal relationships are more humanist rather than like a transactional thing like everyone on the crew kind of has their job but they all have like very deep flaws too and no one's ever like oh your flaws are too bad for the team it's more of like i want to see you succeed and be better and better yourself because we all care about each other kind of thing even mm. though you know they all have their own separate goals but they're all kind of supporting each other in that way yeah it's the found family thing which is such an important and it's i think probably you know one of my favorite aspects of of the series that's why i can't see them all getting romantically involved together at the end um yeah there's it's kind of like that one meme of like the the college students like i'll do the dishes i'll clean up the kitchen i'll whatever and together we form one functioning human being (laughs) the entire crew (laughs) 
Wow, yeah. that is the yeah, that's the straw hats. Yeah, that, that actually describes them. Except ex, except no one is showering enough. Um, no, no, the girls are. The girls are. Yeah, the girls. The girls had Sanji, right? Uh, ironically, yeah, I think Sanji, Sanji is. But he actually bathes every day. Chopper does every month or so. But to to be fair, I have uh, you know I have dogs, and if you bathe them every day, they're gonna get they'll get all dry. You can't you can't do I, that. I think it's every week. Uh, Luffy, Chopper, and Brooke, or Zoro. What about Usopp? I feel like Usopp, like Usopp should have enough every sense. Every three days. Yeah, like, something more reasonable. That's I guess you know. But the, <laughs> the thing is, they're running around. They're outside, and they you know they're dressed for poolside, as you mentioned. You know, like probably anyway. No, the one the one who needs to shower the most is Zoro, and he's not because he's no, I, sweating. No, yeah, I doubt he's still. So, according to the SBS, uh, Luffy, Zoro, and Brooke are once a week. Mm. Uh, Brooke. uh, (laughs) Usopp, Chopper, and Frankie are once every three days. And then Nami, Robin, and Sanji are um, every day. Okay. We don't know Jimbe's yet. He's a a fishman. He's He's a fishman. Yeah, he's like, yeah. But he has fish breath. He probably should. He always smells like a fish. Yeah, he always smells like a fish. Well, so does Sanji. Sanji smells like seafood. No, he smells like cigarettes. That's the... Cigarettes cigarettes and seafood, which is the worst combination. (laughs) Yeah, that's not a... I love seafood, but yeah, you don't want to smell like that. Uh, Anyway, um, I just want to go around... you could let people know where to contact you. Um, I also want to ask if there's like a series, you know, with that or book or whatever with asexuality or aromantic representation you really enjoy. And I think Shannon, you also mentioned like resources and stuff. If you know any or yeah, like advocacy groups or, or resources for people to check out to learn more, like any of that kind of stuff, we can put in show notes. Yeah, I recommend. Tommy, I'll start with you. Um. So. Uh, one one uh, series that I think did really good ace rep was BoJack Horseman. Um, I think that kind of converted uh, a lot of people to being either figuring out things about themselves or being more tolerant to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of they they missed some of the arrow spec kind of stuff, but um, Todd's very good uh, sex repulsed ace kind of representation there. Um, I can and uh, a a Twitter that I really like is called A's Journal A Z E Journal. Um, it publishes essays by people who are either ace, arrow, or agender, and so you can read about a lot of different perspectives um, that are based on like a theme that they put out every couple of months. So if you want to read more about people's individual experiences that might not be covered like in a textbook, you can read that. Um, Sai, what about you? Um, I don't have any resources personally, but one thing I really do enjoy, um, that feels very aromantic to me, um, and asexual is the SpongeBob musical, which is honestly a very, very good musical, and it gives me a lot of One Piece vibes. Uh, there's no romance in it. It's just, like, friends having relationship issues and wanting to come together and saving this situation and it has really good songs one by david bowie um like all the songs are by different musical artists uh and it's a very it 
it's a it's a musical that will probably make you cry at the end and you don't expect it to because it's it's very found family ish um Oh, did Tommy? Did you say where people could find you personally? I should have. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I f- I asked you three me. questions in a row. That was my bad. <laughs> you can, uh, yeah, you can find me at Elemento on Twitter. And Sai. I am Sai Sai Xchan on Twitter and Tumblr. And Joe, I'll ask first. Where could people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Joe on Boba, and you can also find me on the One Piece Podcast Discord. And then resources, if you have any, or shows, or books, or movies, or musicals, or... Uh, yeah, there's this really obscure manga called One Piece. It's pretty good age, yeah. Ah, low-hanging fruit. <laughs> I can't really think of anything else right off the top of my head. You're good. Um, <laughs> Shannon, I mean, that's we're... why we're doing this, right? That's true, yeah. yeah. We need more. We need more rep. Yeah. We, yeah. Bo- I'll say, though, BoJack was, like, one of the first times I feel like I had seen, a- like, you know, I, I, I had heard a lot about asexuality in passing, but, like, that, I think, was, like, the first time I saw a character, like, whoa, there's, you know, a real-life three-dimensional character. Well, not real life. An animated three-dimensional character. They, they exist. Yeah. No, it was, it was I, I like Todd a lot. Um, Shannon, uh, where could people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Plenty of Alcoves. You can find me on uh, YouTube, my video essays, if you look up like Fake Friends Parasocial. And I'm a player on the Teenage Superhero Body po- Horror Podcast, Critical Bits. And actually one of the main characters, uh, Alex, is asexual and her superhero name is Ace. Mm. Critical Bits has great ace rep. I can say that. Oh, thank you. I can't say it because it's my show. So I have <laughs> <laughs> of confidence. Yeah. So like uh, one of the like we have three players and a GM and one of the three main characters is asexual. Um, nice. I really pr- I love. It. I always mention the show, but like the we've had a really nice like reaction from people, um, and it seems to have resonated with people. Um, so if you want a weird uh, body horror comedy show <laughs> with an a- ace main character. That's one. Building off of that, I think that's why a lot of people uh, in queer spaces love D&D so much because they can just make their characters whatever sexuality they want. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's very welcoming. Uh, yeah, there's like a huge queer community within Tabletop. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's a very, yeah, and our show is very queer too, but uh, especially with like being respectful of Ace Rep and also having like teenage characters and not having it be about how their hormones and they're horny all the time. We were all like, that's weird. <laughs> we were in like, <laughs> like around 30. I was, I was like, I'm cool if other people want to do that. Uh, for me personally, I was like, yeah. It's not that that's totally absent from the other characters' lives, but again, like my character has an ex who comes into play, but it's not like, I don't know. It's a it's a high school show that's not all about like dating and sex and stuff. That's not part of it. But yeah, Critical Bits, at Critical Bitcast um, on Twitter, and you can find it on Spotify and all the streaming stuff. I can't. I can't understand teenagers anymore. That's my personal. You know. <laughs> We're old. <laughs> yeah, it's my roadblock. I don't understand how. How does that? Um, well, that's that's going to be a problem for you in a few years. Oh God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a few years. <laughs> not I was trying to make you not sound too old. <laughs> um. <laughs> How was I going to say? Uh, oh, we're also doing a tabletop uh, role-playing game. 
Um, and Psy has been, probably by the time you listen to this, has drawn a lot of the stuff for it. So please check that out. Um, it's called The Grand Line, One Piece related. Um, of course, we. I also am the host of the One Piece podcast, uh, which you could listen to every week at onepiecepodcast.com. Or you could follow me at Zach underscore Logan. Um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm a very important topic that I, you know, I think I and probably a lot of our listeners don't, you know, get to hear about a lot, either represented or, um, you know, f- for themselves. You know, they don't they don't get I, I mean, I feel like there's just not a lot of talk about asexuality generally, but maybe I'm just in the wrong spaces. Um no, but, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully this hopefully this podcast will completely change that going forward. Um put put the positive vibes out into the world. Um next week or next month, we're gonna be talking all about disability and one piece, and I think we're also gonna be having Tommy on for that. Um mm-hmm. so looking forward to it. Um so we'll see you then everyone. Um goodbye. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye. We fight together.